I'm really excited to welcome Anakai Harley. We are celebrating your new EP, which has come out, <laughs> The Red Room. Whoop, whoop. Oh, you're getting a written. <laughs> 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 it's really cool to have you on the station we're loving the new single it's called put it on you tell our listeners a little bit about it oh it's, a, it's fun it's vibrant it's got it's got all the yardiness in it the dance hall but it's also a very pop influence beautiful feel-good record for the people <laughs> you know for the people. yeah we, we've been banging it out on the station all day long we'll play it at the end of this interview as well so our listeners know exactly what's going on it's mm. taken from your new ep called the red room what's the red room about the red room intro what is that so the Red Room intro initially, originally actually came from a, a, a studio. A studio and the studio was, inside the studio was the room with the Red Room. The, the EP has two names. The first half of the name is the Red Room intro and the second half is Yard Gallon of Britain. If we touch on the Red Room intro, it's um it's, it's it's a place in terms of Red Room. I'm talking um the lights were red and the room was red. I created as a zone, you know, as a creative when you you make music, um you have to find your element that works for you. And um that was the zone for me, that red light. And that was my reason for doing it. And then when I went to go check out out, like you know the meaning behind like the actual color red it was like you know it's a color for pain but it's a color for sadness happiness at the same time love and it was also my mom's favorite color so for all of those reasons i wanted the red room to be who i am i wanted um, it to be ali's red room and, and that's my reason for the first half of it and the second half which is Yard Gallon I've written, was I wanted people to see this EP and be like, what? And know who I am already. You know, I am a Yard Gallon of Britain because as much as um UK, both UK and Jamaica's influence who I am and also my music, you know? And I feel like that makes me different as well. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, you originate from Kingston, Jamaica, but you're yes. here now in London, UK. Yes. And that really influences your music, doesn't it? Yep, it does. 100%. 100% through and through. Yeah, cool. So who has been your inspiration music-wise growing up? Okay, so Budgie Banton and Lady Saul. Marion Hall yeah. now, formerly known as Lady Saul. Big my inspirations. And then Destiny, let's just say full on Destiny's Child yeah. and Beyonce. It's been a... Um, and you can hear that in all my sounds as well, where I'm all, I blend up everything in my music. But um, for me, in terms of the tone and my delivery, I really analysed how would you like came on a record and 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 did that. And same thing for Lady Saw dominated um actually dominated a record. Beyonce for me um a strong role in my life in terms of work rate, work yeah. rate, writing skills. And yeah, I just I, yeah I just that's for me the strong people that like actually, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm getting a real energy off you. You're really, you know, you're you're full of energy. Yeah. <laughs> you're loving what you do, I take it. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. I feel like when I'm don't love it, I'm done with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so what is your favourite kind of genre of music? Is it what you're delivering at the moment or is there another actual secret passion? And do you know what? My favourite genre of music is definitely what? Because I tap into everything. I do, yeah. I dance, I rap, sing, do you sing Jay, um, grime, I fully, you know, the pop and everything. And so it's exactly what I'm doing. And I, I went through a, a process also to get to a place of realising that I love it how I'm doing it. And I don't have cool. to do a certain genre how anyone else is doing it. So yeah. maybe, like I always say, in a few years, maybe there's a hotshot genre, you know, and they, they named the genre of me, you know, all <laughs> these things. So yeah, but I'm, I'm loving how I'm doing it. This is, this is where I like it, you know, and I like the being different and um and how it comes out musically is how it's I'm gonna put it on a record, you know. Yeah, I do because you can. It comes over a lot of people end up selling out and and maybe performing a genre that they're not really into, and it doesn't. Yeah. It's not authentic, and you can tell yeah. you are authentic. There's no doubt in I'm that. I'm loving everything. <laughs> yeah, I love music. You know what I mean? I'm a musician. Whatever comes out. So, how have you been coping during lockdown? 
my faith, my faith in God has really kept me through. I've really definitely felt the pressures like, like we've all felt the pressures, you know, not just the pressures in music, not at all. I'm talking like, you know, family life, you know, and, and seeing people, you know, like actually passing and um and stuff like that happening so but definitely my faith and being grateful as well because we're still here just constantly constantly grateful but yeah, my faith yeah. really helped kept me down because there's been pressure there's been times you know where it's been like what is going on with this you know but yeah but and, and in terms of music I guess it's helped me to get more hands-on with even trying to mix my vocals you know and learn how to do a lot more other stuff I've always been a handy person and do stuff myself but even more stuff myself so you know I just kind of see the benefit in everything and kind of try to make sure I stay being the light that everyone sees on on social media and whatever they are taking in whilst we're here locked down you know in this pandemic and it is, it's for creatives, it's been quite an inspiring time, isn't it? Because it's been a case of have, yeah. uh, of just that outlet and what a fantastic outlet and something to concentrate on doing. Yeah. For people who maybe aren't quite so creative, it's been a really tough time. So have you got any tips for our listeners for getting through these mad times? Okay, so and if you don't watch movies, I've started watching, but you have to watch the right movies. I, yeah. I watch here and there, I know when to take the time out and I watch some some of the right movies and then find a little nice series. What have you been watching? Tell us, what have you been watching? I've been watching, the, is it the Cause of Queen's Gambit? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the chess game. Listen, I've been watching that with my best friend Kaya, SSK Music, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing it, we're doing it over the phone. We're calling it Netflix, Netflix party. Yeah, but like, um, stuff like that. And, but my faith, honestly, my faith. And I know everybody's a bit, you know, not everybody's, you know, like all in the same place, but finding something, whatever it is. But definitely for me, my faith and um, staying in the word. Everyone see my growth in my faith as well. I'm being a Christian. So yeah, for me, that's what it's, it's been for me. That's held me through. I feel like social media, what I would say to anyone, especially um, social media, understand that it's more intense and it's more toxic than it's ever been. Yeah. So you have to clock yourself and take accountability for when, when your feelings are being changed by something you might have just seen yeah. and then just connecting with family and and actually you know going back to those roots showing th- that love you know and yeah I guess that's what it would say. and you know what even if I know you said what about people that are not creative but even finding creative things to do that's not necessarily on social media I mean it sounds random but like a bit of painting a bit of like maybe a bit of getting a bit of pot really stuff to order on Amazon Amazon's there for you but I'm saying <laughs> even doing stuff you know like like aside from social media like actually doing stuff and this is stuff that can, can be done with the family i mean if you are someone that you know has your family at home and stuff like that yeah it's yeah. a hard time for people on their own isn't it stick in there yeah and know that it's it's, it's tough it's we're, we're feeling the pressures but we will actually get through it we will yeah thank god for zoom oh exactly <laughs> it's, it's it's mad times mad times so your faith has been really important to you and you sound like social media is a big part of your life how much time do you spend on social media um, a lot, a lot. And I'm not even gonna gonna back that down. I spend a lot of time mostly on social media a lot and not necessarily even talking to anyone but scrolling because it's like you do content, but aside from that, I'm a little consumer in it. Just like everybody else constantly opening my phone. And then for me, it's that there's a post. So you're checking, you see you're looking at it and yeah, it's a lot. And I do try to especially more recently to myself, I'm just like, because for a very long time I wanted it to be a thing where it was that no, I'm putting it down when I feel like to, and I guess. Some people like around me have actually said, you know, no, you just got to kind of be on. And now I'm just like, no, actually, actually, no, my mental health is, is what's really important, actually. So I know when to take step aside. And um, and it's OK to be that that person and just say, you have, like I said, you have to take accountability and realize what this stuff does. So know when to take aside. It's important, but it's not the be all and end all. If I shut this down for two days, the world goes on. And when I'm back, I'm back, you know. 
So yeah, yeah, I think people get sucked in, don't they, to social media. Yeah. I mean, what's the sort of negative side of social media for you? I think for me, it's um, it's that you don't really get a control of what you end up seeing. Yeah. So you could be calm and then I'm scrolling and then boom. Like, my whole mood has changed. And, and this is not what I ask for. Whereas if I'm walking around in my house, I mean, the least that can happen is that someone calls your phone and you're like, oh, you really shifted my energy. But it's them ones where you're just sitting down living in this social media world. Yeah, you know, you come with some good and you see something. And I had to I had to clock when the times when things have changed me. Like, oh, oh no. I was speaking to someone and saying about um sometimes a comparison thing, you know, of seeing how you know people are painting how things are, and it's not really like that. You have to, yeah, that as well. And then you you're like, oh no, I need to go do this. I need to go do this. When actually, no, you don't. Yeah, and you make a really good point about it, like changing the whole vibe and your mood that you're in, and it's yeah. out of your control. Look what happened last year with George Floyd. Suddenly that video was everywhere, wasn't it? And it was something that I wouldn't have chosen to watch, but then I thought I'd better, and it absolutely scarred me, you know, and for a lot of people it did. I think it, in a way it was a necessary scar. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I feel like in terms of like, like well, to, to, to touch on something like that, I mean, there's other things that I would say that, that are worse, far worse, or that you don't want to see. But I mean, with something like that, I would say that it was a necessary scar. That Personally, what I would look at, because if, if you don't see it, it's very easy to, to say there's something like that's not happening. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, to touch back on anyway, stuff actually being, you know, not having no control. You don't. So you don't have no control of what you're going to see. Yeah. How did it all affect you last year? Because obviously the racism is always there and that's a sad thing. I feel like people have stand it, stood up though for it. And how do I feel about it? I f it's necessary. It's definitely necessary. So I, th I think it's positive. I can only take a positive from um, the impact. I mean, to everyone, it might have been like, all they're constantly seeing is, um, is Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. But um, it's necessary, you know? And, oh, it's um, been amazing. It's just yeah. been the highlight of my year to see so many young people inspired yeah. and standing up and speaking out. And, yeah. and during a pandemic when they were said, no, you mustn't do this. And they did it still anyway. It, it's just been, and it's, especially here in Bristol, it was the most iconic day when that statue of that slave trader came down. It was just, I, I'm still buzzing from it. It was just, yeah, something I'll never forget. And that's, you know, like you said, it was, uh, if George Floyd hadn't died, none of that would have happened. And it's like, a necessary scar we're all gonna wear but yeah i want to talk to you about some of your performances back in the day when you could have performed what's your most memorable performance you've ever done oh my most memorable performance okay quite a few um it was one in kentish town and i did i didn't think i did kentish town twice in the one week for that week but i think the caribbean rocks one i enjoyed and the one the reaction it's crazy because also, I think another re dope one I did was Shabba Parties in Brixton. And I feel like the reason why that was so impactful for me, because obviously like, Brixton is like ends. And I guess coming back and so many people were there and it felt like, you know, performing in your hometown kind of. So yeah, but like I've done like really impactful, like, you know, I did a good Glastonbury. But it's, it's crazy because as much as that was like such a phenomenal moment, I feel like the moments where I come back to the roots is, is the ones that really like, I don't know. The ones that really matter. I absolutely yeah. get that. I totally get no. that. Well, Glastonbury, the experience, isn't it? You know, you know, the yeah. months. I didn't actually step in much mud, actually, to be fair. I, mean, <laughs> really funny. I didn't. Let me not act like I stepped in much mud. I mean, the toilet was what was scary for me. Oh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it was what was scary. Yeah, but I bet you were using a backstage toilet, weren't you? Oh, but it was, let me tell you, yeah. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into it, yeah. Whether it was backstage or front stage, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, they were doing what they needed to do. Yeah, I had a horrible experience at one of the first Glastonbury's I went to before I'd get a press pass and I would used to have to use the public. Oh my God, those toilets were so bad and literally piled up and there'd be no lights so you wouldn't know when you went to sit down and it was disgusting. Scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, very scary. Oh, anyway, I was heaving, I was heaving. In, yeah. I was yeah. heaving. <laughs> oh no it was so funny and I had Rush and my tour manager laughing and I couldn't help it you know like I'm like I I, I was supposed to go on stage as well this was before and I'm heaving <laughs> not good. it's not good it's not good so listen do you how much do you love performing or do you prefer recording what's your favorite Oh, I love performing. Yeah. I've always loved performing as well. I love, 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 love performing. What can we expect from you in the future? From the, okay, okay. It's so crazy because, <laughs> you know, the pandemic is really pandemicing. So I mean, more music, more amazing music. I want to give back. That's what is the main thing I've always been saying recently. And when I say give back, I mean in any way that I can, but positively. Whether that's by the knowledge that I've learned, you know, and whether that's funds, but giving back to not even just where I come from, but just to the world in general. I think that's a main, main thing. Um, in terms of like musically though, you, I mean, we got more music coming. I'm also in, I, I know I'm going into a new era. God's taking me into a, a different place. Slowly, every single day, I feel it. And I'm, I'm, I'm so obedient to let that happen. So, so I'm excited. Wicked. Coming, but I just know it's going to be amazing. You know. Alaka Harley, it's been wicked speaking to you. Your single was released on the 29th of January. It's out on yeah. Parlophone Records and Saint Music. It's cool. Put it yeah. on you. Would you like to introduce it for us? Tell our listeners about it. We're going to listen to it right now. Oh, yo, 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 it's your girl, Akai Harley, and we are about to press play on my brand new single for my debut EP, The Red Room Intro, Yard Girl and I've written on Ujima Radio. Ah, I can't wait, I can't wait for tonight when I put this on you. I feel like I'm going to be. Oh, you want, oh, you want, you want to jump in that thing after a long day. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, when I got rushed, my wife, I did it the right way. <laughs> Again, the cake and boys not even your birthday. From ever since, they didn't know me like them would be. I ain't know me, I bet you're about to the wood be. Na 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 na
want me to mention You know I like you love me down in attention But you know you have me weak when I lie down And you know I keep it sweet like a rump on I'm telling you I'm happy 